Hello everyone and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host Teresa Reese and y'all know how we do it. I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And tonight's poem is entitled, No More Pain. Pain and suffering. These tears just keep falling. I didn't ask to care for you. I didn't even want to love you. I sure didn't ask to hurt like this, going through all kinds of mess. Why is my heart hurting? I've got to make a change. One that doesn't include this kind of heartache. I don't want to love again, not for a very long time. It will take time to heal from this. And since you keep getting caught lying, no, I don't want to love again. Especially if it makes me this way. Why don't we just say goodbye and just pretend like we never met? I don't think that I'm ready for this. Let's go our own way. No more pain is where the story ends. How many people can relate to those words? No more pain. I remember experiencing various toxic relationships where being in the relationship, words were spoken that were supposed to cut the jugular. Things were done that was supposed to make the other person hurt, intentionally hurting one another for the sake of feeling as if we would get the final blow or we would give the final blow. And looking back, I'm like, that was never love. Why Were we so quick to say that we loved each other and there was nothing about how we were treating each other that represented love. And so I don't know like where in my younger years where I had made up in my mind that this is what love was supposed to be called, (laughs) but I remember, and I'm not even sure if I shared this with the audience, um, but I'm going to share it again in case maybe, um, I wasn't quite clear the first time, but I remember being in a relationship with one particular person and that relationship was extremely toxic And I had a friend say that the reason why it was hard for me to let that particular person go is because he had become my kryptonite. And those were her words. And looking back, I was like, what made this man my kryptonite? And I believe part of it was because he would say just enough to keep me entangled in a relationship with him to make me want to spend time with him, to make me yearn for more intimacy with him. 
but he wouldn't do enough for me to stay. And I remember one time he had made a comment whenever, whenever I'm with you, I'm with you. But whenever I'm not with you, I'm with me. And that was really his code for, I'm not going to be faithful to you. And I don't even know why in the hell I co-signed to be treated like that. Because he was telling me without saying the words, but his actions more than proved it. That being faithful was not on his list of things to do. Being committed was not on his list of things to do. And yet I dealt with it. I put up with it. I cried over him. And then I literally went on a trip and I guess it took this. Sometimes, you know, it depends on just how hard headed you really are. It depends on how difficult you really are. It depends on how much it takes for you to learn a lesson. How many times you got to bump your head for you to get the clues. And for me, it was this particular trip. So he and I took a trip and the trip we went on was a trip to Oklahoma. And leading up to finding a way to see each other, I was excited about seeing him. He sounded like he was excited about seeing me. His friend made sure that um, he brought us together. And then we took this trip to Oklahoma together. And in my mind, I had this picture, this picture perfect idea of a blissful weekend with this man. Apparently, he had a different agenda. So, I watched him. We're in the same city. We're at the same location. And I watched him blatantly flirt with other women right in front of me as if I was invisible. And you would think that by my being treated that way, that I would have jumped in my vehicle and left him stranded and drove myself home. But that's not what happened. I took the abuse. I took the disrespect. I excused it away. I pretended like it wasn't happening. And it was happening live and in color right in front of me. And so to add insult to injury, he literally had me take him to a woman's house that he was living with. And I remember crying in the car, begging him to make a decision, hoping and praying that he would choose me. And that's not what he did. And I remember having to still drive home. And when I was driving home, I remember just crying and talking and trying to figure out why was I not good enough? For a man to be committed, fully committed to me. Why was it that I was constantly choosing the wrong type of guy that was always emotionally unavailable? 
but I didn't have a problem with giving my body to him. Even though he had made it clear in more than one way that he would never truly give his heart to me. Why was I subjecting myself to such pain? Why was I subjecting myself to so much hurt? Why was I okay with that? And I remember I was getting really tired on my way to try to drive home because my the destination was Longview, Texas. So at that time I was living in Longview and I was trying my best to get home, but I was extremely tired. And I heard the voice of God say, you need to literally get you somewhere to go to like go to sleep like quickly. So I went I ended up being in I believe it's Tyler. I might say it wrong. Tyler or Taylor is one of those. But it was on my way to Longview. And so I stopped there and Terrell, it was Terrell, Texas. So I stopped in Terrell, Texas. And when I stopped in Terrell, Texas, I got a hotel room. And I remember as I was getting, literally getting ready to get out of the car, I heard God say, you know, we're going to talk about this, right? And I'm thinking, I don't want to talk about this. I don't, you see the level of rejection that I just encountered. I don't want to talk about this. Like I want to pretend that this weekend never happened. And so I get out of my car. I go check into the hotel. I get ready to go take a shower. I'm done taking a shower. Come out of the um, bathroom and I hear it clearly again. We're going to talk about this. And I'm like, oh my God. So I sit on the edge of the bed and I'm like, yes, Lord. And he was like, grab the Bible. So the hotel has a Bible. He told me to go get it. I got it. And he told me to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And in 1 Corinthians, he told me to read 1 Corinthians 13 chapter, I mean, chapter 13, verse 4 through... 8a and so when i read it it says love is patient love is kind it does not envy it does not boast it is not proud it is not rude it is not self-seeking it is not easily angered it keeps no record of wrongs Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And I read it and he said, now read it again. But tell me how many places can you put that man's name? Where it says love is. So we're going to call the man blank. And he was like, can you say that blank is patient with you? Can you say that blank is kind to you? Can you say that blank does not envy? Can you say that blank does not boast? Can you say that blank is not proud? Can you say that blank is not rude? Can you say that blank is not self-seeking? Can you say that blank is not easily angered? 
Can you say that blank keeps no record of wrongs? Can you say that blank does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth? Can you say that blank is protecting your heart? Can you say that blank is trustworthy and trusts you? Can you say that blank is always hopeful? Can you say that blank always perseveres? And I was like, no. And he said, can you say the same things about you concerning blank? And I was like, no. And he said, do you realize that for the longest of times you have created your own perception of what love was based on what people told you that it should look like? So you settled and it wasn't love, Teresa. It was lust. You called lust love. But I want you to see love in a totally different light. I am love. And the man that is intended to be for you should love you very, very similar to what I've displayed when it comes to what love is. If you can't put that man's name where I have put love, that's not your husband. And I was like, huh? So what I did, I got my breakthrough that day. But not only did I get my breakthrough and my deliverance from this particular soul, I started to work on loving myself in this arena. I started to work on, am I patient with myself? Am I kind to myself? Do I envy others? And if I do, why? Do I boast? Do I, am I proud? Am I rude? Because I know, honey, I've been rude a lot of days in my lifetime. Am I self-seeking? Am I easily angered? Do I keep account of wrongs? Do I delight in evil? Or do I not delight in evil, but rejoice with the truth? Do I always try to protect? Do I always trust and show myself trustworthy? Do I hope always? Do I persevere no matter what? I started focusing on loving myself the way that God loves me. I started focusing on loving people the way God loves them. Whether it was reciprocated or not. Now that was the hardest part. Because... In my doing that, there was one particular person that I still got a tinge of hurt in my heart when I even think about him. 
But there was one particular person that I gave my heart to in hopes because of all the things that have been said, the way that we courted each other, the way that he loved me. I just knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that was going to be my hubby. And then to discover that he had not fully healed from his relationships previously, nor had he gotten to a place in his life where he could accept the love that I had to offer. And in not being willing and able to accept the love that I had to offer, I became collateral damage. It took everything in me to continue to love him after the hurt. Because I had made up in my mind way before we had started courting each other that when you saw me, when you dealt with me, that I was not going to treat you how you treat me. But if I was the only Bible that you would ever see, I wanted to make sure that it was the love of God that you saw. And it didn't matter who you were or what you'd done to me. That I wanted to make sure that I was the vessel that he could trust to be able to minister his love, his unconditional love, no matter what. That became my assignment for myself. Because I had witnessed too many hurt people hurting people. And I had felt the damage of that. And I had felt the aftermath of that. And I didn't like how that felt. So I literally, God never asked me to do this. It was something that I consciously made myself aware of that I believed was necessary to do, not just for me to heal from all of the times that I was mistreated, all of the times that I was verbally and physically abused, all of the times that no one was faithful in the relationship concerning me, getting over all of that. I felt like the only way that I could truly heal from that was to work on how I loved others. Not expecting them to reciprocate that love. Because I learned that some people just don't have the capacity to love at that level. Or if they do, they don't have a desire to tap into it. They've gotten content. With just having things their way. And so I literally made it a point to work on self. To do the work. To pray through it. To cry through it. To surrender through it. To trust the process through it. And I now see how rewarding it has been to love the unlovable. To love the unlovable. The people that believe that they don't deserve to be loved. The people that will do just about anything they can to push you away because they're just like, ah, oh, you got the wrong person. 
I'm so sorry. You're sadly mistaken. I'm you're I'm not supposed to be loved. And I'm like, God, was I like that with you? When you tried to love me, was I pushing you away like I don't deserve to be loved by you? When you were trying to show me brighter days, better days, was I pushing it away like I don't deserve to be loved by you? If I was, God forgive me. Because now that I've had a taste of your unconditional love, now that I've seen you operate in my life on levels that I never imagined possible, now that I see the grace that you bestowed upon me and preserved my life, I don't want to imagine life without your love. I don't want to imagine life without your unconditional love, where you allow me to be my authentic self where you allow me to make mistakes, where you allow me to literally get angry with you, not sin, but get angry with you and you still love me anyhow. I want to be able to love someone that way. I don't want to feel like that makes me weak because I love someone through their pain. I don't want to It's just a matter of truly when I look at everything, it's just a matter of being able to be with that person. No matter what you go through. That during their worst days and during your worst days, you can truly trust them with your soul. You can trust them with your existence. You can trust them with your spirit man. And maybe that's the reason why I'm still waiting is because there are people that may say that I got you, but then when the rubber hits the road, they're like, ah, I didn't expect it to be this rough. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and renege on what I initially said, because this is a little bit too rocky. I get it. I get it. And so now. My objective has just been love yourself, Teresa. Don't wait for someone else to fill that void. Do it yourself. Love on yourself. Service yourself. Make sure that you're good. Cater to you. Don't wait for someone else to do that. Go ahead and do it because tomorrow is not even guaranteed. The next hour is not even guaranteed. The next minute is not even guaranteed. So if you're going to be guilty of or be found guilty of doing anything, be found guilty of loving yourself unapologetically. God never apologizes for loving us unconditionally. He has never said, oh, oops, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to love you. (laughs) He's never said that. Never said that. And I don't want to be that person to say that. I never want to be able to tell someone I didn't mean to love you. In fact, I want to do the opposite. I want to say I meant to love you. And even if it was rejected, even if it was not accepted, even if you didn't reciprocate it, I meant to love you. And I know last night my mom was on here and I'm so grateful that she was 
able to speak to me and speak to the matters of my heart and just speak to her own truth. And I know that I had asked her a question and asked her, how is it or why is it that she believes that we everything that we've gone through, why it is that we still try to take the high road and reconcile our relationship despite everything we've experienced as mother and daughter. And she didn't quite answer the question, but I believe I know the answer. And the reason why I believe that people are able to let bygones be bygones, the reason why I believe that people, some people are able to truly move forward. The reason why I believe that some friendships can be reconciled after a breakup or after a misunderstanding or after a fallout is because of love. I believe that God's love truly does, according to the scripture, cover a multitude of sins. And I also believe that it never fails. And that if we are intentional when it comes to truly loving someone, not with lip service, not because we are lusting after them, but because we genuinely care about their soul because we genuinely care about their spirit and because we genuinely care about them that if we operate in love it may not always be our love it may literally need to be God's love through us but I believe that if we operate in love nothing nothing is irreparable if we trust the process if we trust God and if we let love lead the way. This is going to conclude my real and wise episode, that part. (laughs) But before I completely end my podcast, I wanted to read a letter to my future hubby and it is dated March the 9th, 2021. And it says, dear future hubby, do you ever have those days when the week just started, but you already wish it would end? Well, that is the day I had today. Not for any particular reason other than I am already ready for the weekend. I know I should just be happy that I am employed with all of the things going on in this world. However, that's not it. Sometimes it just truly feels like three days or two days isn't enough time for you to prepare mentally for the challenges that you will be facing once Monday arrives for you to go to work. Sometimes it takes more than a few days, but nevertheless, I press on. I remember someone saying, you do what you don't necessarily want to do, So that one day you can do everything your heart's desire. Your heart desires. Maybe this is my true motivation. Why I keep pressing against all odds. I am grateful for my blessings. Trust me, I really am. Switching gears. I had a vision of God today, which changed my perspective of him. I envisioned him in a nice tuxedo. And that scripture came to mind 
about how God can open up a door that no man can shut. I saw God opening up the door for me, being this perfect gentleman that he is. And I nodded my head in his direction. Then he nodded his head in my direction. And then we both smiled. Immediately, I felt a calm wave pass over me and a level of confidence arise up in me. That's it. I am simply waiting for God to open up a door that no man, that no woman can ever shut. And this anticipation keeps me looking forward to better days. I love you, love, Teresa. I hope that y'all have a blessed and wonderful evening or morning whenever it is that you hear this podcast. But in the meantime, please do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.